0: Last night, I was was sleeping at Mike's, and this was, like, just after you left. Or, no, 30 minutes after you left. He went into his room to sleep, and I laid down on the couch, and um, one of his kittens, uh, Toast, I think, hopped up on me with a toy and was just playing, and she was, like, scarily close to my genitals, like, just, like, batting around this toy. So I was like, but, like, whatever. And then one of the other ones, Rudy, hopped up, and he had his front paws on my thigh, and, like, his back paws on the edge of the couch. And I didn't move. But I was like, am I about to have, like, a cat fight on my junk? And then Toast turned and looked at him. And Rudy, like, jerked away. But, like, then he lost his balance. So he just dug, like, both of his front paws into my fucking pie. And, and I was just like, <laughs>
1: then he went
0: Why didn't you scream and knock his ass out? Because yeah, I was trying to be considerate to the rest of the house.
1: It's just Mike, he's probably, he sleeps through hurricanes and tornadoes and sex weird stuff. <clears throat> Alright. I just feel like that
0: he, he would do something like that. Well, it seems very judgmental of you. What We Consume. Ahoy ahoy, and welcome to What We Consume, a show about all the things we put into our minds and bodies. I'm your host, King Hagathor, and with me, for the first time in the same room, is... Hey,
1: it's me, Kevin. We're together, in person. It's weird. It's close. It's hot in this room. I don't know how the audio's going to be. I'm nervous. But it's nice to see my buddy, King,
0: and we're ready for an adventure of speaking together. Yeah, and the great thing is uh, if Kevin starts getting distracted and looking at his phone, I can punch him in the dick. So, Kevin, this is our six-month anniversary, because this is going to be episode 24. We've been doing this for six months, releasing every Wednesday. So I thought, you know since we're doing this in person, since we're doing this, uh, since we've been doing this for six months, it'd be nice to have kind of a unique episode.
1: Is and this where you get me a present or oh, like a ring or like uh, something like a bracelet? Absolutely not.
0: Oh, so we're, we're not making it official, okay. Correct. But I figured since, uh, since the last time we did something fun was uh, the Coca-Cola episodes, which was in your neck of the woods, we do something that was kind of closer to my neck of the woods. And it's also Halloween. It's October now, so I thought uh, we'd do a spooky true crime episode. But true crime gives us nightmares and makes us
1: feel weird at night when you lay your head down and dream, and then you get those pictures of the crazy person coming after you, and then you can't sleep, and then you have to
0: take something, and then 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 it all goes downhill. I don't know what you're talking about. I sleep just fine. I'm not as into true crime as I used to be, but I do still have certain cases that I find pretty fascinating. A lot of people think of like the first serial killer in America as H.H. H. Holmes. And while he was long ago, there were others operating long before he came about, longer than the country's even been a country. So today we're going to focus on one that, that's kind of been a pet focus of mine for quite a while because it took place in Kansas, which Not a lot of them do. So this is a uh, 20 years before H. H. Holmes would take his first victim There was a family called the Benders and they set up their own little murder hotel Now it wasn't nearly as fancy as what H. H. Holmes did in Chicago things on the prairie seldom are but I figured you'd be interested in this one because it's quite weird
1: I like hotels. Is this like Bates Hotel or that other guy who has the mom issues? Or I think that's
0: the same person. It is. It's kind of like that, except, you know, this is a prairie sod house, so it's like two rooms. <laughs> but it's a hotel? It's an inn. A quote-unquote inn. So it's like a crappy B&B. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the specifics. Okay. Um, so first, let's uh, do a little bit of background. So long before the first shots of the Civil War were fired... Kansas was already deep into the fight between abolitionists from the North and pro slavers from the South. The Missouri Compromise of 1820 allowed Maine to enter the Union as a free state while Missouri entered as a slave state to keep the balance as far as how many states were on each side. That would be nullified by the Kansas Nebraska Act of 1854, which allowed states to decide for themselves, which is one of the things that led up to the Border War, aka Bleeding Kansas, I'm not sure if you pair to that, because a lot of people from both sides were flooding into Kansas to vote on the elections, and because there was a lot of like corruption and everything, people started to get pretty violent about it because there were passionate people on both sides. I'm going to say I knew
1: about it just because uh, my history, everybody's ripping me on it lately. <laughs> <laughs> With good reason, <laughs> New England is not a state. Very good.
0: If there's one thing that comes from this podcast, you've learned that New England is not a state. Yes. So, anyways, uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of tension, there was a lot of fighting, uh, and a lot of violence, including the sacking of Lawrence twice in 1856 and again in 1863. Even still, Kansas did end up becoming a, entering the Union as a free state on January 29th, 1861. The following year, the Homestead Act was enacted in, on May 20th, 1862, which encouraged settlers to head west. So, essentially, under this act, settlers could acquire 160 acres of their own land as long as they paid a small filer's fee and promised to live on that land for five continuous years. It sounds like a good deal. It's not bad. Uh, I would take that now. But, you know, there was also people already living on that land, the Native Americans. So Well, in American eyes are they people at that time, you know? Yeah, well that's one of the things. So with all these white settlers moving in, the governor the government had to do something about the native residents, the members of the Osage Nation, who were then pushed further west with a treaty ooh, sorry, with a treaty on September 29th, eighteen sixty five. I know I'm throwing a lot of dates at you, I'm sorry. But this pushed them to the Oklahoma panhandle. And with the natives pushed out and colonizers moving in more and more every day, several small communities sprang up along the Osage Trail, which bisected the southeast corner of Kansas. So was that like the Kansas Trail of Tears? I mean, yeah, it's all kind of related, but essentially, yeah, you could call it that on a smaller scale. Okay. With the natives pushed out, more white people moved in. Life was kind of harsh in the early days. I mean, like, this is, like, new wide open territory that like people weren't used to they were used to like the east coast or like europe but like this was still pretty like new terrain yeah it's gonna be dangerous there's
1: animals plants you know probably poison ivy sumac uh weird berries that can give you diarrhea or just kill you yeah i mean there's there's plenty
0: out there i, I couldn't go out there by myself now Now. i in the modern age. And also people were more used to like east coast animals. Suddenly you have got like bison and uh, like prairie wolves and like rattlesnakes and stuff. Yeah. So it's just, it's a whole lot of new experiences. But the settlers were able to use the natural limestone and sod to create sturdy structures that were able to survive the frigid winters, vicious winds, and glaring heat of summer. So like they were able to make do. These weren't pretty houses, but they were Pretty solid. Settlers were pretty eager to stake their claim. They set up houses and businesses in townships like Cherryville, Thayer, Parsons, and Independence—all very small towns in Kansas, like in, in like the southeast corner of Kansas. Like they're still pretty small, but like this was like their early days where there was like eight buildings per town. Yeah. So they were big back then, though. They, they were Kansas. They were big as, in they were the only thing. Only thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And into these blooming communities rolled two men on a wagon with offset wheels. These were the first of the Bloody Benders. So in October of eighteen seventy, two men traveled southwest along the Osage Trail. They traveled from Fort Scott, but beyond that, where they had come from is a complete mystery and always
1: will be. Yeah, because, you know, back then... You could just move and do whatever you wanted, change your name, though
0: no, I mean nobody knew who anybody really was. Yeah, this is like uh when we were talking about like Pemberton and his associates, yeah. like you could move like fifteen miles and just be yeah. a completely different person. And this was way before that, right? Uh this would've been like Well, this would have been when Pemberton was in Atlanta just starting his uh, Oh, so business. it was that it's so it's that early. Okay. Yeah. Not early. I mean not You get
1: what I'm saying, it's like more recent than I thought it was. For some reason, I thought this was still like Cowboys and Indians and well, it very much Jesse still, James and Billy the Kid were still around. It very much still
0: is. Oh, um, bro. But, I got to get my history down. I might have to start studying. But but this is like 15 years before Pemberton came out with his Coca-Cola formula. Uh, so they weren't on cocaine. So we can't blame it on Coke. Right. They arrived in Labette County at the general store of Rudolph Brockman and August Earn. Two German immigrants. The younger of the two travelers introduced himself as John Bender, Jr., and his companion as his father, John Bender, Sr. What is...
1: What, the Bender... Bender is messing with me because it's some cartoon that I know that... Is that like Jimmy Neutron or something? It's Futurama. Yeah, Futurama. That's it. He's the robot, right? Yeah. Bender's the weird guy? Yeah. I wonder if they based Bender off this. No.
0: Isn't Bender a psychopath, though? There, there's a lot more Benders out there than these. Oh, uh, okay. So anyways, uh, Brockman was delighted to find that Pa Bender... Um, to keep him separated between John Bender Sr. and Bo- John Bender Jr., I'm just going to call him John Bender and Paw Bender. Okay. Okay. Brockman was delighted to find that Pa speaks quote-unquote Low Dutch, which is just a dialect of German. But he also quickly found that the man was not much of a talker in any language junior john better would end up leading the conversations uh, he was fit and fairly handsome young man in his 20s that people would later describe as quote-unquote feeble-minded possibly due to his quote-unquote disturbing giggle that ended many of his sentences <laughs> i guess that would be weird if you had
1: like if you were just talking and you just started giggling right after yeah that would freak me out yeah so
0: like a lot of people he was feeble-minded because of that i don't think he actually was like i don't think he i don't think he had any like mental disabilities or anything i think he was just playing up because like it was part of the aesthetic Mm. and it kind of gave him some like plausible deniability like it made him kind of unassuming as yeah a villain he was just oh he's just like, he's just a moron. You know? Yeah, he's just a moron, but he's probably going to kill a bunch of people. Yeah. So, Pa was described as large, taciturn man with a big beard and a gorilla-like look. They announced their intention to stake a claim to some land, and August Earn leads them the next day to scout which piece of territory they would like to claim for themselves. And they purchase a claim that day. Like, immediately, they're just like, yep, this one. So, they got a nice, hardy square of land, 160 acres, which was... Right along the Osage Trail, so that like it, it was bisected by the Osage Trail. So, like if anyone's traveling on the Osage Trail, they're traveling straight through Bender Territory. And then John Bender Jr. buys a small strip of land on the north side of Senior's plot, with access to a small pond for watering stock. So they've got a pretty nice little setup. And it's both a it's both like a hundred something acres, or is it? So uh the one paw bought was one. 160 uh john jr's was a lot smaller it was just like an extra little added bit on top okay okay so i mean
1: still i mean if you've ever been on uh, like 100 acres of land or plus it's still that's a large plot like you can get lost on there for days like so if they were going to kill people and like do stuff they were alone
0: nobody nobody was going to be near them yeah especially at this time because like I mean, there was more people traveling through now than there had been, but, like, it was still, like, a pretty quiet spot. Yeah, Their land lies between Cherryville to the southwest and Thayer to the north and Parsons to the east. It's prime real estate to aid travelers too tired to push on to Independence or even Cherryville after a long day of riding. So, like, this is a pretty prime spot for people who have been traveling all day and they're just like, oh, any kind of shelter. Awesome. Like, we'll take it. We'll... We'll sleep for the night and then we can start fresh tomorrow and like be on our way but they didn't know they were going to go into a murder shack correct so they quickly get to work building their house they purchase sandstone for the foundation including a seven foot square slab for the cellar. they build a simple 16 by 24 foot wood frame with uh, lumber from fort scott to the northeast so this house is 100 yards from the trail, easily seen by any travelers, but also gives the benders visibility of any travelers long before they arrive. It also gives them a little bit of privacy. It's not like everyone riding by, like, is going to be able to, like, see into the windows or anything. Yeah, you don't want to see them doing weird stuff in the windows. Yeah.
1: To be honest, I'm not even sure if they... I think they had one window, but... Well, you had to have, like, some type of window or something, right? Right. They probably have, They had... I mean, if they were going to like watch people or like be suspicious of like people coming around they definitely
0: had a window or like some peak holes or something weird right so they dig a well and they build a small thatch stable for their livestock cows chickens and pigs and the occasional travelers horses so like they they've got like a nice little setup for their animals and they've also got like a little pen for horses travelers horses as a final touch John Jr. paints a sign that's that's spelled G-R-O-C-R-Y so it's supposed to be grocery but they left off the E so it looks like Grocry Cry. yeah with the house completed and prepped they send for the women folk Kate Senior and Kate Junior the women folk so to avoid confusion I'm going to call them Ma Bender Pa Bender John and Kate okay Kate and John are both the juniors of Ma and Pa that's his sister or wife allegedly allegedly sister allegedly sister but they have sex there's not a whole lot of evidence one way or the other okay so now that we're clear yeah but but they present themselves as a family of two parents and two children oh so
1: they're they so you don't actually know because they're trying because you don't know if they were trying to trick you and it was all act? Right. Okay. So do we even know if, oh, so we don't even know if Pa Bender and John Bender are father and son. They're just two people.
0: We don't know for certain if any of them are related. Rel- okay, but, okay, okay. But we will get into some theories. I think most of that's in part two. Okay. Though. I hope that cleared everything up for everybody, not just me. <laughs> yeah, It's it's very wacky. So the men tra- travel to the Ottawa train station to meet them and bring the women home. Ma Bender has a scant-, has scant command of the English language. Real tank of a woman. Like, she was basically a battle axe. Like, you know, the way people describe their wife as, like, a battle axe. Like, just a big, burly, like, woman who can work the land. But, like, no communication skills. Like, very unfriendly. Yeah. I got Yeah. Kate, on the other hand... Talkative, friendly to the point of flirtation, considered an exotic beauty for Kansas, and outgoing, smart, smart enough to spell grocery right because she wrote it on the back of that sign.
1: And <laughs> Correct. Then, then they turned it around.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and was said
1: to move with a tigerish grace. Yeah. So she's a so she's like a Kansas ten,
0: but like a Los Angeles six. Probably. I mean, like even that might be like. Yeah. Given given her too much, but I don't know how but, any, I don't know how any of those numbers work yeah, anyway. I don't I don't know, but like at, at the time in the area,
1: yeah, absolute bombshell. So when when she's described as exotic, does she have like a different skin tone or something like that? I or? think she was blonde. Oh, blo- Oh, so blonde
0: women are exotic. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I, I think the fact that she had like a mouthful of teeth, uh, like, yeah. like this was the eighteen seventies. There's like. You really can't, you know, give anyone oh, She take, She takes a bath once a week? Exotic. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, so with the women collected, they travel home with some items to make the house livable. A cast iron stove, absolutely essential during the harsh winter months. An eight-day clock, which I never knew was a thing, and I still don't know how it works. An eight-day clock? Yeah. I've never heard of that I, I tried looking it up. I did not get a whole lot of, like better information but every bender story mentions the eight-day clock so i, I don't know when.
1: maybe that's just how they work days and like the rest of the world was on a seven-day clock and that benders were just like we needed an eight-day clock
0: yeah or it might be something like some difference between like the uh julian calendar versus the uh gregorian calendar i i don't know But whatever it is, they had it. And they also had a rocker. I mean, everybody had a rocker, didn't they? Uh, The people who could afford it. Oh, okay. So rockers are exotic, too. (laughs) A little bit. Okay. The canvas from their wagon was uh, hung up to separate the sleeping quarters with the guest and eating area. So it basically created two, quote-unquote, rooms, for lack of a better term. You know, like... The way, like, a sleazy realtor would say, like, oh, yeah, this is, this has got two bedrooms, and it's just separated by a sheet. Yeah, I mean, technically two bedrooms. The counter next to the door provision travelers with necessities like tobacco, sardines, crackers, soup, ammo, blankets, and a few other things. You know,
1: sorry, back to the, like, sheet bedroom thing, you know in New York they buy, like, false walls To like put more people into an apartment because apartments cost like like ten thousand like all together, so you have to get like eight people in there. And for them to like do that, they just put up like little false walls that literally like are nothing, but it makes like a a little
0: room. It just sounds awful. Pretty much the modern day equivalent.
1: That's. But I still, but like even me talking about that, I still want to go to New York and live there. I mm-hmm. wish I was a youngin; no we could go you. chase dreams. No, okay. That's what we should go podcast there. I, I don't want to New York. We can do it in like a park with the homeless people,
0: and then, then we can get their interjections about our weird stories. I'm sure they'd have plenty. Ma Bender prepared the meals while Kate waits on the guests. John Jr. tends to the horses, and Pa does what Pa do. The unlucky guests were then seated at the seat of honor, which is just like the end of the table, which was in front of the, cam- the wagon canvas dividing the rooms. So wait, we don't know what Pa does? Well, we're about to find out. Oh, okay, okay, okay. During dinner, Pa would slip behind the curtain, line up the shot, and when given the signal by Kate, allegedly, he would bring the hammer crashing down on their head. This would probably be enough to finish the job, but as we later find uh, with the bodies, the poor injured guests then had their throats slit to ensure the job was done. For the more fortunate guests who survived dinner, a mattress was laid out on the bed for them to sleep on. They didn't kill all their guests, obviously. Like, that kind of gives up the game pretty quickly. But if they had, like, a single person traveling alone, this is what tended to happen to them. Are oh, we
1: then to get into the reason
0: why. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, they did something okay let's keep going yeah so anyways the two younger benders attended sunday singing at the church and uh, with a, a guy named leroy dick who was the town officer which i think makes him like basically the only law enforcement for the town but i'm not sure if it means officer like like a mayor type guy or or like an officer like police type guy this was before like Modern policing, for yeah. the most part. Hey, yeah, I mean, because didn't they have like marshals or something back then for like towns? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, or sheriffs. Yeah. Uh, but but this guy is essentially the authority in town. Okay, that's still a sweet name, Officer Dick. Yeah, Leroy Dick. So the men folk are all drawn to Kate for her good looks and flirtatious nature, which made other women distrustful, either because of the jealousy of her natural charm or just because like her effect on their men. Uh, or the fact that she bathed more. I don't know. By the time the Benders had made their presence known in Kansas, a man from the East Coast, Joe Sowers, had already disappeared in late 1869. He was said to have been headed, headed to Kansas, but disappeared en route without a trace, like the prairie had saw, swallowed him whole. So there's no way to prove he was a victim of the Benders or ever met them, but the circumstances of his death make it worth kind of noting. So, like, he might have been the first victim, or he might have just, you know, got bit by a rattlesnake out and, like, fell into the brush, you know, or, like, could have been attacked by natives or bandits or... But they found his body? No. Oh, no. so so he, so he... He just disappeared. So he could have just, like, left and went to another town, it's Also, technically, possible. too. Okay. Yeah, he could have been like, yeah, I'm going to Independence, Kansas, and instead, like, was like, I'm going to go check out Nebraska and yeah. tell no one. Okay. So, hard to say. Just months after Bender's arrival, Labette County would begin drawing attention as more bodies began to make an appearance. Well, actually, more accurately, as more bodies made a disappearance. Okay, so more people were just dying. Yeah, the first- Like, passer or like People who were from that town? People who were supposed to be traveling through. Okay, okay, okay. So the first would be a man named, well, later identified as William Jones. His body was discovered in Drum Creek. His head had been uh, caved in and his throat was slit from ear to ear. So since that portion of the creek belonged to the Bradley family, a neighbor of the Benders, suspicion was quickly aimed at them. Ugly rumors began to spread about uh, about the Bradleys, both no evidence or clues beyond that, no charges were filed and relatives collected the body. So like it it was found on his territory, not the Benders, but they were neighbors, so suspicion fell on the Bradleys first and not the Benders. I mean, anybody could have killed anybody back then. I think it was the Bradleys on this one. I'm going with them. (laughs) It's possible. So the rumors quieted down, but a slight ill will towards Bradley remained for quite some time. Thus, no one raised any alarm at the quiet, in-keeping neighbors, the Benders, even though very little farming seemed to occur on the Benders' land. So, like, they had all this land, they had, like, the animals and everything, but they didn't seem to really work the land very much. So how were they getting money or, like, Feeding themselves? How indeed? They did. They did like sell provisions, and they did charge a small fee for people to spend the night. So, yeah. so they made a little bit of money that way, but or they were cannibals. Maybe there was very little farming that seemed to occur. This was easily brushed off because many families had difficulty acclimating to the Kansas terrain. It's just like it's a different kind of soil and everything than like European or East Coast farming. So. A lot of people were were struggling, getting used to it. It's like when people come to Georgia and they find
1: red mud and they're like, I have no idea what to do with this.
0: Yeah. However, someone would have needed to dispose of Jones' saddle and horse. In the time since these incidents, there have been much speculation that the benders might have had accomplices. So people are pretty sure that it was the benders that killed Jones, but the guy who was found in the creek. Yeah, but nobody knows what happened to his horse or his saddle
1: i mean they could have. if it was at like nine or something they could have just went and sold it to somebody real quick yeah and that's how they mean they
0: could get money that way pretty much in the time since these incident incidents it's been speculated that the benders might have had accomplices like you know the guy who runs the general store that kind of stuff or they could have just killed the horse and ate it also possible Because Kate was always surrounded by potential suitors, it's not inconceivable that she could have recruited one or more men for the tasks, including Rudolf Brockman, the general store guy. Yeah, I mean, what guy wouldn't do something for a hot blonde girl? (sighs) Who knows? Anyways, he, Rudolf Brockman, definitely exchanged love letters with Kate and attempted to woo her quite often, though he never appeared to gain much progress in that area, although there were some rumors of an engagement. So, she was like flirting with him but like was also like kind of leaving him dangling yeah so she she was
1: uh leading him on that's that's what yeah she was just kind of like leading him on and there's a word for it that the general Zers or the do we call them zoomers now oh
0: simp maybe yeah, I, yeah maybe yeah, I was he was simping he, for her. He, yeah, he, yeah he was definitely a kate vendor simp yeah So during their time in Kansas, the benders have several run-ins with neighbors that are anything but neighborly. This is based on eyewitnesses. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Some of these might've been like kind of flared up. Like these were after it's discovered what the benders were actually doing. So in hindsight, people came out of the woodwork and it's like, I had an encounter, you know? Yeah. So they they might've been like playing into it, like either so that they could get like free drinks at the bar or just like to make sure the benders got unquote justice they wanted to be heard mm-hmm. the stories came out further down the line for now like none of these stories come to light as summer rolled around john bender jr planted some corn kate briefly worked at a, as a waitress for the cherryville hotel for about six weeks she also offered counseling as a medium slash clairvoyant because doctors were so scarce this was not entirely uncommon Kate and Mawbender traveled to an ailing neighbor's house to attempt to cure her through Kate's knowledge of spiritualism and alternative medicine. When an actual doctor arrived from Parsons, he quickly shooed them away, to which they were greatly undignified. The doctor noted the wild look in Kate's eye, but with the ailing neighbor to attend to, he shrugged it off without too much thought. So, like, this actual doctor comes and he's like, get this fucking like witch out of here. And she's like, oh, I'm doing great work. He's like, you're giving her fucking toadstool, but get out. God damn it, this woman needs medicine. Well I mean. Yeah, and at the time doctors yeah. weren't much better. I mean, like Pemberton was pushing his like blood, uh, what was it, the blood bomb? I know what you're talking about. Botanical like, bloodbath. Yeah yeah, 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 like
1: that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I mean, like, but I mean, maybe he still knew something
0: a little bit more. Yeah, he probably knew more than like, oh, I just need you to like talk to the spirits and they'll get rid of your. <laughs> hey, you, the spirits have a lot of power sometimes. Okay. Yeah, not Kate's. Hey, you don't know her spirits.
1: She's uh, exotic.
0: Be, you sure. You don't know where she comes from. That's true. So another man once stumbled upon the Bender Inn. He peered through the window to see Kate and a dark-haired woman dancing naked, surrounded by a group of people playing guitars and wood instruments. The man crept away without being noticed. Is this a possible story? Sure. Did it happen? Probably not. Ain't no way he crept away. He sat there for a yeah. while. Most likely people were capitalizing on the hysteria yeah. following the crimes.
1: Also, if you see something like that, that story's going to be told around, uh, like that story's going to spread.
0: Yeah. There was another story of an unidentified local woman who visits Kate's about a lingering malady, uh, but after several quote-unquote treatments with no progress, she demands a refund. She had offered her saddle as compensation because she had no money. Kate persuaded her to stay for a seance, which soon concerns the woman when they began speaking in tongues and passing around a knife, a gun, and a club. So she just bails out of the house, hiding in the prairie all night while the two Bender men search on horseback with, like... Lanterns. I could, I could say, see that being true. But she tells
1: no one at the time. Uh, well, I mean, I don't. Uh, if you're, if you're that fearful of them, I mean, you don't know if they're going to come kill you or not, and stuff back then. Was she li- Was she she living in town? Was she a passerby? Is uh, that what you said? Or? She was a local woman, oh. so she was living somewhere in the area. Yeah, there. Like, if that was true, I wouldn't tell anybody either. <laughs> yeah. Especially like. If other people look at them as if uh, she's crazy for trying to, like, do a seance and stuff, too.
0: Yeah, there's also... Uh, Witches. Like, there's also just the fact that, like, she's on her own versus the four people that live in the house. Like, they yeah. can just call her crazy, and it's four on one, so... Yeah, and she's already crazy going to get a seance. Yeah. Another traveling person, Father uh, Paul Ponziglione, took issue with Kate's practices, condemning them as an abomination, you know, witchcraft and whatnot. She sternly rebuffs him. He later attempts to raise funds for the church he was building. When he visits them, he was well aware of the disappearances in the region. When he noticed, Paul Bender placed the hammer behind the curtain and then talked secretly with Kate. Father Paul made an excuse to tend to his horse, and once outside, he mounted his horse and got the fuck out of there. Did he tell, did he tell people about this? Not yet. Okay. No, nobody was telling people yet. Uh, so like they're all having these weird experiences and they're just like "Mm -hmm. just gotta keep that to myself a second woman interested in kate's spiritualism arrives at the benders inn for a seance she quickly regrets this decision when two younger benders begin drawing human figures on the wall before stabbing the images with a knife So they're all sitting around for the seance. One of them were just like finger painting stick figures on the wall. and Just care,
1: care, 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 care. I I love that they were okay with like seances and all this other weird stuff. But when it comes to like the weird stuff that's associated with seances, they're like, no,
0: this is too much for me. Right. You're already having a seance. Like, just go with it. Yeah. Kate declares that the spirits command her to kill, causing the woman to flee into the night. She told anyone that would listen to her, her story. But she was also kind of an eccentric figure, trudging around the prairie with a shotgun, like at odd hours of the day, like before this happened. So so no one believed her at the time. She was the only one I could find, it, I, I think, that like actively told people like as soon as it happened. So the crazy lady wasn't crazy. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I don't know what she was doing trudging around with that shotgun. Probably just like blasting snakes and prairie dogs and shit. She was just bored. Yeah, that's fair. There's not a lot to do in Kansas. They could have been some, uh,
1: what are they, bushwhackers or like people that jump you and take all your money. She
0: could have been scared of that. Sure. And I mean, bushwhackers were more before the Civil War because they were from Missouri coming over to like harass abolitionists. But there were plenty of like Actual legitimate threats even at this time. They also had some crazy blonde witch running around that's exotic so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, tales of men disappearing either in Kansas or headed there continued to circulate as the summer of 1871 turned to fall Which in turn turned into winter So in February of 1872 a woman was found frozen to death on the prairie during a massive blizzard that isolated the region for over a week This was not really linked but it is worth noting because, following the thaw of that blizzard, the bodies of two men were discovered, were also discovered in the prairie near Oswego. This is far more connected, as both of these men, like Jones, had their skulls crushed in and their throats slit. Neither of these men have ever been identified. Wow! So the I'm seeing that the benders have a uh, a method, like oh, how they like to kill people. Yeah, a modus operandi. Yeah. So a year later Leroy Dick's wife would recall that she had seen a horse team and a wagon struggling through the snow during that storm she had recognized Paul bender as being one of the two men riding the wagon so chances are this she saw them like either dumping the bodies or coming back from dumping the bodies okay like just out in the snow somewhere by June of 1872 Kate had a poster made advertising her quote unquote healing ways these posters spread as far as uh, Chitobo, which is over 30 miles to the southeast of Cherryville. That's some, uh, that's some distance back in that time. Right. What the business sign said was, Professor Miss Kate Bender can heal all sorts of diseases, also deaf and dumbness. Is she calling herself Professor? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Residence 14 miles east of Independence on the road from Independence to uh, Osage Mission, one and one half southeast I, that must be miles, but uh, one and one half southeast of Norahead Station, Katy Bender, June eighteenth, eighteen
1: seventy two. And all those
0: signs are real and stuff, right? They, yeah, they have proof of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, has there been any pictures? There, there was a museum down in a uh, Cherryville. I've never been to it, but um, it closed down like fifteen years ago, or maybe longer than that now. But they had a lot of the stuff, and there are pictures of like their house taken on the day it was discovered what they were doing
1: was it like a museum like in um a thousand houses a thousand house of corpses house where of they, a thousand corpses yeah house
0: of a thousand corpses where they go in the little gas station and do the museum tour um it was probably about that size but i think this one was more of a legitimate hey quote unquote that one was legitimate i yeah. would i would have went in that they looked awesome to be honest yeah. As long as you don't go to their house, you don't die. Fair. Kate also claimed to be an expert on palm reading, numerology, and calling of the dead. In the fall of 1872, bachelor Johnny Boyle traveled on foot from Osage Mission with $1,900 on him to buy some land. Oh, I thought it was done to woo, to woo her. Uh, no. With no family to raise concerns about him, he disappeared never to be seen again until he, uh, the discovery at the farm that we'll get to in a bit without a body it's impossible to say for certain uh oh wait well yeah he's actually never seen again even after the discovery at the farm unless he's so like he bought the farm and then i guess
1: he died or left and then like they discovered the farm no um or the discovery
0: of the Bender's farm. The Bender's farm. Oh, okay, okay. We'll get okay. to that in a bit. Uh, he disappeared with his $1,900 and was never found again. Okay. Unless he's one of the unidentified ones. So the Bender's killed and took his 1900 most likely. Most likely. That's the theory. Okay. Right. So without a body, it's impossible to say for certain he was one of the victims. But yeah, it's uh, definitely lean in that way. Especially with like the timing and the location of his disappearance and the amount of money he was carrying. He definitely fits. Yeah. Uh, so we're up to what, like six bodies so far, something like that. Um, pretty close to that. Uh, guy in the drum, like uh, woman frozen to death, if you want to count that one. Johnny Boyle, and then the two in the winter, and then possibly that first guy back in okay. eighteen sixty nine. So yeah, about six. So so we're around six alleged deaths that aren't confirmed. Well, they're they're linked to linked to okay yeah. okay. Shortly after Boyle's disappearance on November sixth or seventh. Leroy Dick's cousin by marriage wandered into town to drop in on the Dicks. He was a veteran of the Civil War and had been fairly nomadic ever since.
1: This is the Leroy Dicks get to me. Yeah. This is such a weird
0: name. Yeah. He spent his money on expensive clothes, liquor, and women, giving him the appearance of wealth, even though he rarely carried very much at all. On this occasion, he only had 40 cents. He had walked all the way from Strawtown, Indiana, a distance of over 600 miles, to Cherryville this is leroy uh this is leroy's cousin cousin sorry his wife's cousin technically okay his cousin by marriage that's a long way sure uh he ate dinner and spent the night at the dicks before continuing on his fatal journey he told the dicks he planned to visit his army friend to the north who confirmed he spent the night there before heading west to his sister's place in independence he never arrived it's impossible to say exactly what happened to him. Only, only the few clues from when his body is discovered give any indication. Which I'll tell you about when we get to the crime scene. We're getting there.
1: Not take your time. This is in, build it up. So that's seven. I'm keeping count. Yeah, boys and girls, and other people. But I'm keeping count, everybody.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I wrote down uh, Dick's cousin's name. I might have written it down later and forgot to add it back in here. His name. His vagina. <laughs> Such a dumb joke. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> so the next one is Ben Brown, who, car- who also carried little money in cash, $36, but what he did have was a new wagon and a harness for a team of beautiful matching sorrel horses. After his disappearance, several people have claimed to have seen one of the horses uh, down in Indian territory. Further down south, where the natives had been moved, they claimed they saw, like, one or both of these horses running free. Okay. Not all travelers met their end at the Bender Inn. William Pickering, from the East Coast, was far less courteous towards the Bender's invitation. He preferred toast to the offered cornbread because it was too heavy. He also refused to sit at the seat in front of the wagon cover because of the disgusting, greasy spot, and instead sat on Paw's bench, which faced the wagon, the wagon canvas. Kate took offense to that, and after a vicious argument, she pulled a knife. and Pickertine, Pickering chose to leave, and in his words, not out of fright, but in disgust.
1: I mean, that sounds disgusting there, because that probably wasn't oil or something. That's well, probably it was, like
0: it was. It was probably a mixture of like grease and blood, blood. from the like, yeah, head yeah. trauma. That is gross. Yeah, another traveler, Miss Fitz, had dinner with the Benders. During the meal, she heard movement behind the canvas that made her uneasy. Kate's spouted Now at which time Miss Fitz fled the house before she could find out what the command meant. So she she was quick enough on the draw to just boom.
1: I, I like that so many people were getting away. Yeah. And, and then not telling. Them. Yeah, <laughs> well if these are confirmed,
0: but yeah, but that's still that's still
1: wild that like there could have been people that lived and then they still like never told.
0: Yeah. So uh, we're up to, what, seven,
1: eight? Well, I mean, we were at seven. They haven't killed another person yet. Those are the last two that you said got away, right? Right, but before that, Ben Brown,
0: uh, was he seven or was he eight? Is Ben Brown the cousin? No, he was after the cousin. That's eight. Okay. Next up is uh, Bill McCrady. He left his family with $2,600 in his pocket. As with so many others, he disappeared in southeast Kansas only for his body to be discovered once the benders were investigated. Uh, he was identified by a tattoo that simply said "W.F. McCrady born 1843," under which was an American flag tattoo. So it was pretty popular it, um, during older wars to have like your name or and like maybe where you're from tattooed on your uh, arm or something in case like either it got blown off or you got killed in like such a way you were disfigured they so might was like, be able to identify. So it. So it was like
1: old dog tags.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: That's actually cool. That's pretty cool. I, like that's interesting. I don't. I don't think I've ever known about that. Mm-hmm. So that's
0: none. Yeah, not everyone did that, but that was like a fairly popular yeah. thing to do. Yeah, if
1: you wanted to make sure your mom knew where you were and you died, and they could find your blown up arm or something, that's nice. You know, mom can stop worrying a little bit, and she can
0: go back to her life. Yeah. So yeah, he's dead. There was also the case of John Greary, who may or may not have existed at all. So this one's tough, because some sources never mention him. Others claim he carried $2,000 at the time of his uh, disappearance. So we'll get back to this one later. So nine and a half. Yep. (laughs) Finally, the Benders led to their own undoing. George Launcher was settling down with his wife and young daughter when the wife died of a sudden illness. Launcher decided to take his daughter to her grandparents in Iowa to stay while he worked the land until it was profitable enough to send for. Her. So you know he's got to like work morning till night. He can't really focus on like raising a daughter as well. Yeah, I mean I get that. You can't take responsibility for your
1: child even though you had him and then you left on.
0: Yeah, he negotiated the payment of a horse and wagon for a trip with a doctor William York. They stopped in Coffeeville for a night and continued on, and then they disappeared into the prairie and had been swallowed as so many others had Concerned for the duo, Dr. York set out to find them to find out what happened. At this point, the entire area had shifted from unease to true fright. Enough people had gone missing to make the entire corner of the state concerned with traveling at all like something's going on they don't know what or like who's responsible but they know something's happening yeah. and people are disappearing Yeah, yeah, and I guess they killed a child now, so that's 11 people and one's a child. Yeah, so so this is at least a dozen people who have gone missing. You don't kill children. That comes back way quicker. Yeah, well, not as bad as uh, what they're about to do. Oh. Dr. York traveled from Independence to Fort Scott for business, and at the time of his departure, he was unaware that the wagon launcher it bargained for from him had been discovered abandoned in the woods near Fort Scott. After completing his business, before he could travel home, he then heard about the wagon and went straight to it to investigate. The horses were nearly starved. There was clothing for both a grown man and a young woman, but no evidence of either traveler's fate. Dr. York recognized the wagon and horses immediately. He headed south to his home to organize a search party, but never made it. Like so many others, he had vanished in route. So now they killed a doctor? Yeah. Oh my, What? what these people are
1: stupid. And, uh that doctor carries a lot more baggage. Yeah, 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 yeah. especially if a lot of people were like going for him for stuff, and
0: then like he sounded very important to the community. He was important, but also he had brothers. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so during a school board meeting on April 12th that gathered nearly 100 men together, including Pa and John Bender, the school board swiftly moves through the business of the school before moving to the meat of the issue, the disappearances. The ensuing discussion involves nearly 100 people, all voicing their opinions and disagreeing with their neighbors. Some want to go house to house investigating the possibility that one among them is the murderers, while others dislike the idea of people storming their houses without consent. You know? Yeah, no search warrant. Yeah. During the lively debates, no one noticed that Paul and John Bender slip out into the night. Eventually, the meeting comes to an end with an agreement. A search party will patrol and investigate all campsites along the river or er, along the creeks that come near the Osage Trail. If they don't discover the murderers at any of these camps, they will then search every homestead in the region. So, clock's ticking.
1: Well, that sounds yeah. The clock is ticking. That's that's wild. Like how a community like, actually came together and made a decision. Right.
0: There's no way we could do that now in any town that I know of. Uh, not with this uh, amount of, like, agreement. Yeah, I mean. there's no way. Even with the enthusiasm and positivity, the meeting ended on... A, even with the enthusiasm and positivity, the meeting ended on. Little is done during the following weeks. Colonel Alexander York, by that time a Kansas senator, along with his brother Edward... And their men begin searching for their brother, Dr. William York. So, a
1: colonel? Yeah. Uh, so, these are all, like, these. they were all in the military. Yeah, they
0: done fucked up. Everything. Oh, no, They're, Yeah, you're about to mess with some bad men. Yeah, so the group split into smaller search parties and investigate the entire region. They find that Dr. York had la- had was last seen in Parsons, Kansas, where he purchased cigars and was advised to spend the night at the Bender Inn oh wow it's about to go down yeah so edward york and his men arrive at the bender inn and ask what they know the family claims he spent the night there without incident and left in the morning kate offers to go into a trance and contact her spirit guide a dead native american chief who could lead to the whereabouts of the body she warns them that she she had not reached her maximum power as a medium so it would take her some time like, she's like, this isn't my final four.
1: <laughs> oh, my. This, this freaking, she
0: freezed them. Yeah. Uh, or perfect. She was trying to go perfect sail. Yeah. So she advised them to return in the morning for an answer. While skeptical, Edward agrees to return the next day. He returns the next day with Colonel York and about 50 other men. <sighs> I bet they were like, oh, mm, oh, oh, boy. So so Kate regrets to inform them she was unable to access any information. When asked about William Jones, the body found in nearby Drum Creek, John Jr. recalls how he was ambushed there sometime earlier and was lucky to escape. He led them to the spodly ambush, but they found his story dubious at best and decided to move on and try to pick up the trail again. Several party members wanted to arrest the family immediately, but Colonel York was a little more level-headed and decided there wasn't enough proof yet besides what they say. So they return days later to find the benders not at home and intend to make another trip back to question them further. An article dated April 16th, 1873 reveals a new clue. Several days earlier, a wagon was discovered abandoned in a ravine near Thayer. The horses had languished for days, and the horse and mare were both lame while the colt with them was unscathed. Agitated and hungry, the horses had gnawed on the side of the wagon. The wagon's back wheels were wider than the front, and the rear wheels were damaged from overloading. The wagon had a double-barrel shotgun missing one shot, a sign that said grow cry on one side and groceries on the other, as well as a small terrier dog that adamantly guarded the wagon. That, What's more, the side of the wagon was filled with shot and possibly blood.
1: So, were the binders like trying to... Say that they got killed
0: and they were trying to run away. Well, it certainly sounds like they met with some violence while trying to flee Yeah On Sunday May 1st 1873 Billy Toll was traveling past the Bender Inn on his way to church when he noticed animals wandering the property Curiosity pushed him to investigate on his way back from Sunday school he rounds the house to find a horrific sight and a worse stench First, he discovered a sow staggering and pitifully squealing. When he freed the pig from her tether, she flew to the water trough and drank until Billy dragged her away for her own good. Wow.
1: So where it was, the... I guess you're about to get into this, but I wonder why, like, so the benders just left and then, like, it was
0: trapped? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was stuck. Like, it was basically leashed up so it couldn't reach yeah. the water. I feel so bad for it yeah he then turned his sights to the stable where he discovered the source of the smell a calf tied to a post had starved, had starved to death and was badly decomposed its mother unable to reach and feed its young caught like because it couldn't reach it it caused her udders to burst oh no yeah uh, the fowl on the property were also clearly neglected but being birds they were able to you know like, yeah. survive a little bit better yeah. He then found the horses and the wagon were missing, and the house was deserted. The next day, Leroy Dick, being the acting authority, arrived at the, in the morning to investigate. So they they search the house, and they like find evidence of, like, maybe blood, and then they find a trap door. Leroy sends word to the Yorks and suspects murder. I'd send word to the Yorks, too, before
1: I did any of that stuff. I was like, we need our 50 men back.
0: Yeah. So the contents of the house, there was three hammers of various size, the eight-day clock, a German Bible, a meat saw slash knife. Like, that's pretty much all that was left in the house. Tuesday, May 3rd, 1873, Leroy splits his volunteers into groups to search the stable, uh, the rest of John Jr.'s claim, the creek, and the cellar. His group took the cellar. So, the trapdoor leads down to the cellar, and the cellar's got that big old piece of limestone, like the seven foot square uh, that they had bought, that's basically the floor. They attempt to pry up the sandstone slab. One shovel sinks into the ground underneath, releasing a stench that sends the men reeling from the house. Ed York arrives, Colonel York was busy at court and couldn't make it immediately. They try to break the slab with sledgehammers, but cannot work for long before the stench becomes too much. So they find long poles, and they basically lift up the entire house and just shift it, like, 20 feet to the left. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which airs out the stink a bit. Yeah, yeah. But when it's exposed, they can see what was causing the stench. It was rotting blood soaked into the earth. Oh, my gosh. So there must have been, like, bodies down there, I'm assuming. Or is it just blood? Well, Ed York finds his brother's glasses in the house. They're frustrated and dejected. Ed York climbs back on his wagon. The sun is setting, and they... Oh, but no, there are no bodies down in the pit. So it's just a pit of blood? Yeah. Human blood? Yeah, so essentially, like, they would smash people over the head with a hammer, dump them down the trap door, and then once they were down there, slit their, thro- slit their throats and let them bleed out. Oh, my. Yeah.
1: What were they doing? Why did they...
0: I guess to keep the blood, like, from getting into like their regular house pretty much yeah so they wouldn't have to clean up the stains ed york's frustrated and dejected because they haven't found the body all they found is his glasses so he climbs back up on his wagon the sun is setting and they will have to quit searching soon but he sees a depression in the dirt near one of the small apple trees and he calls out boys i see a grave so they quickly dig up the area and they find the body of william york yeah, because yeah, I guess that was the freshest one. Right. So Ed identifies his brother, but because of the dirt and the state of decomposition and the wounds to the body, they have to work fast to definitively prove it's Ed, yeah. uh, Dr. Uh, William York's body. So it's proposed that they decapitate the head, wash it, and part the hair to make sure. Ed York, now absolutely positive, sets out to fetch for his brother and secure a coffin. That's that's gotta be a rough decision to make. Yeah,
1: yeah. Can you imagine like that must have been a wild time like back then that like to do those things. Like now we have like people to go and find that stuff, but you have to do that yourself as like as like a brother or sister or somebody to it. That's that's gotta be wild. Like yeah. that's just that's insane. Yeah. That's and that that's only like a hundred like that's not like a hundred and fifty years ago, not even. Yeah yeah like that's we've come so long and so little time actually almost exactly
0: 150 years yeah that's that's wild yeah the sun sets and the digging ceases for the day ed york and colonel york now done with his court they arrive around midnight with a coffin and take their brother's body for burial the rest of the volunteers return to their homes to sleep until dawn so wednesday may 4th 1873 the men return at dawn to begin searching for more graves the first body discovered was Henry McKenzie, which was the cousin. I'd forgotten to write his name down earlier. Henry but, McKenzie. Yeah, so. but this was Leroy Dick's cousin, who so, was very surprised to find his dead body because he didn't even know he was missing. Oh. <laughs> what a cousin. Like, what, what a family member. What, like, you just like, hey, we found a new body. He's just like, what the, what the fuck? He was staying with me like six months ago. That's my cousin. Yeah. Uh, the second was W.F. McCrottie. With his head bash, badly smashed. That was the one with the tattoo. Yeah. The third was a small man, unidentified, body badly mutilated and naked. So this could have been one of the ones that when undone. Identified yeah. could be someone else that nobody knew about. The fourth was Ben Brown, which was the owner of the sorrel horses. The fifth slash sixth was George Launcher and his daughter, who had been buried alive. That's sad.
1: Uh, buried alive? How did they find out that they were buried alive? Oh, I
0: guess. Did they probably do a autopsy, or uh probably like struggling or like soil in, like, in their the lungs, nose and the, yeah, yeah okay okay
1: that's sad dude the very like oh man
0: yeah Johnny Boyle had been buried in the well like just tossed down the well
1: what what and how
0: long was that and they were drinking that water I don't know they might have they might have like that well might have dried up or hey, like man. become undrinkable but Yeah, as they came undrinkable so they became undrinkable be afterwards. There was also John Greery, maybe. Seven definitive, John Greery's an eighth, which is a maybe. And then there's a possible man and woman horribly mutilated and possibly raped, but no ID and also not every source is yeah sure about that one so like that might have just been like rumors that like kind of built and then there's also just possibly a body pit full of limbs but no idea nothing identifiable i i i want to say that one's like probably not true just because like so the why would they just do like a body pit full of limbs so the body so the body
1: there wasn't actually a body pit but it, that I, don't, was like, I don't know. Like some sources said okay. there
0: were. Some sources said didn't that, mention okay, anything. Okay. So that might have just been like people said that there was a body pit.
1: I mean, they're, they're crazy people, so
0: they could have. I don't know. It, it's I,
1: possible. I find it possible, but I don't know. If There's not like, you know. if We have no definite
0: evidence. There's no way to know. Right. Word spread, and before the day was through by afternoon a crowd of 2000 to 3000 people had gathered to watch the gruesome unearthing so in like one day in this small isolated part of Kansas where like not very many people are 2 to 3000 people gathered just to watch them digging up bodies
1: well i mean you got nothing else to do and that's like the most exciting thing that you've probably seen in years
0: yeah so but like because there were so many people here with varying accounts of it There's a lot of, like, different records of how this went. So now with the bodies uncovered, how they were killed became pretty obvious. Hammer on the back of the head, throat slit. There were a couple of suspected accomplices. Rudolph Brockman, the general store guy, he was believed to have known slash assisted in the killings. And this is the guy who was trying to talk up the exotic Kate. Yeah, yeah, he he, okay. he was the one that, like, maybe, engage, like, tried to get engaged to her, but, like, definitely okay. tried to woo her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the townspeople strung him up several times. So they, they didn't kill him. They just they, strung him up? Yeah, they, they basically, um, it, it's like a partial lynching where, like, you lift mm-hmm. him up. It's it's like a form of torture to make him confess. Yeah, he's like started choking. Yeah, so it's not a drop; it's just you start to hang. So you yeah. So okay. like you you get yanked up and like you're choking and like it's awful and everything. And then like when you're about to pass out, they drop you down. You regain your breath, and then they're like, "You're gonna tell us," and you're like, and I, "I don't have anything to tell." So yoink. And he didn't confess. Yeah they they did it uh, they did it to him several times but uh, I, don't didn't get any he, I don't know if I don't know if he of. did it then it's hard to say but. He would go on to later beat his daughter to death and be strung up again, uh, but also released. But he was in prison for it, eventually released after serving, I think, like 10 years for killing his daughter. And well, maybe, maybe he did do it then. Yeah, it's... You, you got to lead with that, King,
1: before <laughs> I try to play devil's advocate.
0: <laughs> so eventually he would return home and die, an old man. Uh, there was also Am King Preacher. I don't remember why. Thomas Thayak and his family, the Roach family, Major Macford. Who was a pardoned murderer and a woman he was with? All of these people were arrested for like possibly being part of it, but all were eventually released because there wasn't any evidence yeah. to like truly tie them to. And, like, besides the fact that like they talked to the benders or like a, like would have like interactions with them in town or whatever. Like, there was no definitive evidence that any of them had any idea that the benders were behind it. Yeah at this point this is where all the like stories of the close calls with the benders you know like the people Start that coming would, out yeah. yeah here's a quote from the editor of thayer headlight which was a newspaper from june 25th 1873 the whole of the house except the heavy framing timbers of the bender farm and even a few trees had been carried away by relic hunters the murderers themselves are probably in the middle of china by net by this time and will never be heard from so Colonel York raised a thousand dollar bounty. We got into all the killing
1: stuff, and now we're going, going after them.
0: Yeah. We're finding them. Yeah, but like people were so obsessed with like trophies from like these mm-hmm. murders that they even like uprooted trees to take home with them.
1: Dude, people are psychopaths. Why? <laughs>
0: Just, just you know, for the story. What the, oh yeah, They were taking, like, vent posts and stuff? Like. Yeah. Um, the house was, like, people were just taking boards off the house <laughs> to take home. Like, this <laughs> is from the Bender murderers. <laughs> so you go back to the house, it's just, like, one stick in the middle. This like... is my most prized possession. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's wild. All right, so May 17th, 1873, uh, mm-hmm. Governor Thomas A. Ord, uh, Osborne issued a an additional two thousand dollar bounty which was 500 for each vendor so that's on top of the one thousand that the Yorks raised. Yeah, so like they were completely independent, so you would have to like go and claim both yourself. Oh, okay. But yeah, there was at least three thousand dollars circulating for.
1: But a good bounty hunter would know that mm. they would take them to both places, right? It or had, they would they, call them both to the bar and, oh, and, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. like dump
0: their bodies. I don't I don't know if it's dead or alive or like just alive or just dead or what. Um, well, but, you'd
1: probably just have to have proof of like. Body, like right, yeah. I mean, that's what I would
0: assume. Yeah. For the next few years, Leroy Dick had to exhume the unidentified man three times as people came to try to claim him. How many years? Uh, for years. Oh, my God. so um, which like, I I don't know how much you're gonna get after like the first year, you know?
1: Yeah, especially back then, and they kept like, oh my
0: gosh. Yeah. Colonel C J Peckman, Jim Snoddy, and Henry Beers were three they're they're working for the bounty they're not like they're not officially bounty hunters like they're they're uh government employees there's but a, uh, there's a name for those
1: guys and i can't remember yeah there's they they were around like a, the whole time like in a bunch of different states i,
0: I want to say one of them was a marshal yeah. uh but i forgot to write it down but um
1: i forgot what the, most of them just got deputized and they were like hey go after this bounty right right like there, there's a name for those. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I
0: can't remember what it is. But anyways,
1: uh, but that was more of like a like a old, like an older West type thing. That was like, you know, twenty thirty years before that. That I think some of that had been dying out with um, the uh, when they started bringing governors into like each state. Or maybe that's when it started. No, the, the it still would have been going on. Yeah, so time. that's when it, I think that's when it started. When they brought governors in, the governors would deputize to, to go after these people, because that's when like a lot of those small towns also hated that the governors were coming in because they were changing their towns and like giving them order and like, hey, you can't have this. What are they called? Like the whorehouses and stuff. Like, oh, brothels. You can't have this like brothel and like. You can't be gambling in here. Yeah, or you can't, like, use guns in town. Yeah, no killings. You don't have to pay for your, like, things. Dude, people hated that back then. Yeah. But, yeah, but the governors would, like, if somebody did something, because you had to keep your marshal there, they would deputize and then send people
0: out to go find these guys. Right. Well, I think they had to keep, like, sheriffs there. And then, yeah, like, yeah. the marshals like deputies that. Yeah, would yeah, be yeah. the ones. To, yeah. But in, in any case, so uh, Colonel C.J. Peckham, uh, Jim Snoddy, and Henry Beers would travel to the Thayer train station to check the departure times for the evening that the abandoned wagon was dis- discovered. The ticket agent and several loungers witnessed the benders kick a small white dog off the train to Humble.
1: What so, a bunch of... Oh,
0: they basically kicked I don't, bird. Even, I don't think that was even their dog like I think there was just like this dog yapping at him but but the dog did go like after it got kicked off the train it went to the abandoned wagon and just like hung out there so like it feels like it was involved but Maybe this no. is the only time no, the no. dog gets brought up. Right, so nobody ever saw them with a dog before? Not, not that it's written uh, down or anything.
1: Yeah, because that would have been a detail to know like that's their dog. or
0: Yeah, so I, I
1: don't know what the deal with this yeah. dog is. They just found a little dog and like, fuck that dog, I'm going to kick it. I,
0: it completely <laughs> possible. Anyways, they were noted as carrying a very distinctive, quote-unquote, dog hide trunk. I don't think it's actually made out of dog, but it's called a dog hide trunk. I think it's just like the style, but it could also just be made out of dog yeah with them well, just, it's hard to yeah. say but maybe
1: that's why they never saw him with a the dog they had the dog <laughs> for a little bit fat in the tub
0: so you get more hot out of it yeah. and they kill it maybe but that dog hide trunk had been like traveling with them like mm-hmm. since their yeah so like since the beginning mm-hmm. they also just had a white canvas with all their valuables wrapped up inside like basically hoisted over their shoulder like a st- like Santa's sack, yeah, just full yeah. of their shit. It wasn't on a stick though, like a like right, an not, old no, hobo not, not thing. Yeah. Is that a real thing? Did like, like I think so, but I, like, I can't remember what the term is for it. Yeah. So the ticket agent and several loungers uh, witnessed the benders kick a small white dog off the train to Humboldt. They were noted as carrying their distinctive dog hide trunk as well as a white canvas with their valuables wrapped inside. As it was their best lead, the three men traveled to Humboldt and visited the train manager or the station manager who told them that the benders did indeed pass through. John Jr. and Kate switched trains and headed south while the older pair continued north to Lawrence where they bought tickets to St. Louis. It was also alleged that the party parted on bad terms with Paul possibly holding all the loot and the money after an argument or possibly a scuffle. So, like, they're already yeah. starting to fray.
1: Or this could be their thing, like because if they went to a new town before, they could have done something like this before and
0: found out and been like, this is their spiel. It's possible. I couldn't find any information on them before they wandered into Kansas. Probably because they were a different name. Well, that's not true. I did find some information, but that'll be in part two. Uh, So Captain James B. Ransom claimed he remembered seeing the benders on his train, but that was in 1908 that he remembered. Which is thirty-five years later. So Jeez. who's to say? A St. Louis, a St. Louis baggage agent remembered the dog hide trunk. Uh, Draymond claimed to have carried their bags to a nearby address in St. Louis. Okay. Beers, Snotty, and Peckham traveled to the address, which belonged to Pa Bender's sister, who said they had stayed with her for a week before disappearing while she was out shopping, allegedly. Like allegedly sister or allegedly they stayed? Oh, uh, allegedly they stayed and then left while she was out shopping. And oh, like, okay, okay. As in like she didn't know what was going on and then like when she came back from shopping they were gone and then all of a sudden these three marshals or whatever yeah are showing up at her door. I had nothing to do with it. so like It's, it's hard to say. After checking all the railroad stations and river docks in St. Louis, the three per- pursuers were stuck so they traveled back to kansas to check the southbound trains hoping to pick up the trail of the younger benders on the frisco line they found a baggage master who also remembered the distinctive trunk through to the neatest oklahoma so that that truck is really like keeping the trail alive. Yeah, that's the key that the key component to find in them yeah, so the trio followed the trail through Vanita and further south to Denison, Texas. In Denison, they learned that the younger Benders had headed west and were planning on meeting with the old, older pair, where they would live in an outlaw colony on the border of Texas and New Mexico. See, I, I feel like it was their thing to where they like both split up and went
1: different ways to like, try to just fool people. It's very possible. I think these people
0: are well. I don't know if they're a little bit smarter. They could have been a little bit. Uh I don't know. I think, I think they I think they played up like eccentric and like yeah. kind of idiotic nature to make them seem less threatening. Yeah. They just couldn't but, hold. but they they seemed like they were pretty capable. Yeah,
1: they just I guess they couldn't hold back their killing. But I guess they hid they hid the killings and stuff pretty well for back then too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean think. like the killing was how they made their money. Yeah, and even with how like they were disposing of
0: like the bodies and draining the blood. Yeah. So yeah, like the either the younger ones or all four of them could be on this Texas colony because the land had never been properly surveyed at this point. Law enforcement for both from both territories claimed it was the other territory's responsibility to remove the colony. Any police action less than a full-scale raid would be met with disaster, so neither side had tried. Like they basically um, have to go to war with this colony to to like get in there. Yeah, so this is like a like, what, what's that thing called that, that happened with the
1: cult in uh, that one, Waco? It's like Waco? Oh, yeah.
0: How come all that stuff happens near Texas? Uh, Texas is very big on their um, freedom and, uh, you know, like, sovereign citizenship and yeah. all that. So it was Snotty that was the marshal. Snotty. Yeah. And he was forced to return to Kansas to fulfill his duties, but Peckham and Beers followed the Bender's Trail... They continued to follow the trail. They found they could go no further at this point when they tracked him to the uh, outlaw colony, so they too returned to Kansas. Thus, the Benders slipped away into the colony where they were untouched, untouchable by the law. Life in southeast Kansas returned to normal for the most part. Most of the families that got dragged down with the Benders sold their claims and moved away. Leroy Dick and the surviving Yorks were forced to live with the bitter disappointment. And thus ends the official story of the Bloody Benders, as far as anyone can tell. The official story. Yeah, that's where we're gonna end part one. Okay. So okay. part two is going to be what is pretty, pretty plausibly what happened. Yeah. Oh, dude,
1: this story is wild. Why is there not like a movie or something about this? Like, also, why hasn't anybody like Why have I never heard about this? I mean, there's
0: a couple of like, really, really shitty movies uh, kind of based off this. Um, yeah, but we need a big... We need, a,
1: like, a bigger budget movie to, like... The, the, you know how wild that movie would be?
0: Yeah, but the thing is, like, it does kind of end, like, that's where it officially ends, well, which is, like...
1: You don't have the... You, you can be, like, based on a true story, and then at the end, you can have, like, this huge search party going after them, and, like, a chase scene and stuff, and they either, like, find them and kill them. Like, it could end, like, a... Uh, butch and Sundance, or... Is that what that, or is yeah. that were the, you know, the shootout and stuff, and then you could just, like, cut the screen, and then they're
0: like, oh, did they die or did they live? Yeah, or or you could go where we're going next episode, which yeah. is which is a whole lot of, like, you need, like, red thread and, like, a cork board, oh, you no. know? And th- this part gets yeah. pretty weird. That's a wild, that's such a wild story. I, like, that's,
1: oh, and I guess there were... I guess because they're a group, they're not considered, I mean, they're considered serial killers, but, like, they wouldn't have been, like, that prolific as H.H. Holmes and stuff because he did it alone. Right. So, I guess groups are
0: different. Yeah, and also, like, this is just, like, a very odd case because, like, this wasn't, like, a lot of serial killers are, like, doing it for, like, sexual gratification or for, like, a a God complex or just like a superiority complex or like they're told to by God. Yeah. Like there there's a lot of those kind of killers. This one is pure greed. Greed, yeah. yeah. I guess this, because they wanted the they needed the money and instead of working, they did it that way. Yeah, it's not even really that they needed the money. They seem to be doing just yeah. fine. And then like they are just like, hey, like there's a lot of people come through with like a bunch of cash on hand. <laughs> if they're not around anymore. I mean, they could have gotten sexual gratification
1: out of the kills. We don't know what they did after because I'm assuming they were never found and there's no way to like kind of study them. That is is fair. And Um, I would assume they also didn't find any trophies or anything that they were keeping.
0: uh, Not except for like, you know, the, like, all the, buried bodies buried like it, it yeah. could have been that like they were satisfied just looking out over yeah. their land seeing the, like the depressions or whatever wow. it, it's hard to say but um yeah th- this this story's always fascinated me like partly just because it's from my home state but also just like it it's a very weird one that nobody really talked about well no yeah i've never heard of that that's all that's such a wild
1: story like it, it should be out there a little like. You could make so many cool things out of it,
0: movie, TV show, anything. Yeah, well, um, there was this one documentary I watched which infuriated me because, like, this is in the prairie, like, the Kansas prairie. Yeah. And they have them, like, they have a bunch of footage of, like, this decent log cabin in the woods that is, like, allegedly the Bender's house. But there are pictures of the Bender's house. The Bender's house in the prairie. So they have yeah. just, like, was it, what is it called? Were they,
1: did they try to remake, like, the, um... The cabin, and then they—I forgot what those are called. Uh, reenactments. Yeah, was it like a? Were they doing like a reenactment documentary, or were they just shooting some random cabin?
0: No, they 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 were like doing the whole reenactment. Okay. Like they had like actors playing. But they them. didn't try to. But they didn't try to make it look like the actual cabin. No, like not not even a little bit. Okay. And like they're like there are pictures like if i had internet access i could show them to you but yeah we're in a weird we're in a weird place but but i'll i'll get them i'll yeah. get them to you so you can post them on yeah. um but anyways uh that's where we're gonna end part one come back next week and uh, we'll have part two where kevin and i will still be in the same room as each other and we'll be talking about what might have happened to the bloody benders
1: thank you for listening guys if you want to follow us, follow us on Twitter at what underscore we underscore consume and on Instagram at what we consume podcast.
0: And I am at King Hagathor on Twitter. Other than that, bye bye.